My name is Milan Mori and welcome to our podcast Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless and determined. We fight for love, profits and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth, and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all. Hi, everybody. This is Warrior Family, and I am Smilian Mori. I know you are all here because you want to create and live the life worth living. But in order to do this, we have to do something about it. And my purpose within this show is to bring you guests, their strategies, their mind hacks, their belief system to help you become the person you want to become and create the life worth living. And today I have a special guest, Garrett J. White. He's the founder of the Wake Up Warrior Movement and the creator of the Warrior Book. Garrett's revolutionary training program has influenced men around the world and can be heard on a regular basis with his top-rated podcast across multiple platforms from family parenting with his wife, Danielle, on Date Your Wife, to Business with Warrior Wealth and Big Money Stylist, Religion and Spirituality with Warrior on Fire, and Self-Development with Warrior Week which I attended also. Garrett lives in Laguna Beach, California, where he serves every day. And he is also the author of the Be The Man book. Garrett, welcome to my show. I'm excited to be here. And thank you very much for taking some precious time out of your business and your life. So let's start with this. Okay. What does it mean to be the man? So, you know, the interesting, the, the cover of it. Yeah gives us like the first simple clue and it was the first step to actually accessing power in myself Mm -hmm. after the first round of businesses that i had built Mm -hmm. fell apart my marriage fell apart my life fell apart and i was sitting in this place trying to figure out what what does it actually how do i actually put my life back together and i I had no i had no idea no clue i was searching i I would have been searching for Mm -hmm. a show like this, something that I could have watched or listened to. At the time, this was falling apart. No, podcasting and social media and everything at that time was not like it is now. Mm-hmm. We didn't have access to the content, but I was searching. And amidst all my search and amidst all my anger and rage at my wife and all the dysfunction that mm-hmm. I was feeling inside, I woke up to this truth, which was my greatest challenge as a man mm-hmm. was that I was a liar. Like at this and it sounds like this sounds like something simple simple, and yet at the same time almost kind of like a joke you're like lying but i recognize that this had been the demise of my life but it wasn't mm-hmm. lying in the way that that maybe some of you might think watching this it's not like i'm walking around telling lies to people intentionally trying mm-hmm. to manipulate though mm-hmm. i've done that and I believe every human being on the planet has done this, and every mm-hmm. businessman for certain has done this at some point. Mm-hmm. But where it was more than anything was the lies about what I wasn't saying. Mm. And the pain of what it was to be a man and to be married and to have a business and to have children and a dog 
and mortgages and employees and expenses and payroll. Mm -hmm. And inside of that was Pure Terra. And so Be The Man is kind of the, the beginning stage of what, yeah, I wrote it, I don't know what they call that when you write a book and then you go back and you write the book before the book. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's like a prequel or something like mm -hmm. that to Warrior Book. Book, yeah. But people would read Warrior Book and the Warrior Movement, they're like, well, how, like what started all this? So then I reverse engineered it mm -hmm, to be, mm -hmm. be the man, the book, to identify, and the phrase actually came from my wife mm -hmm. during a massive fight one of hundreds of fights that we've had. I've been married for 15 years, together for 17, mm -hmm. with two children and then my oldest son from my first marriage. And my wife's screaming at me. I did not sign up for this. And I swear to God, every man I have ever met in business has had that collision conversation with the woman in their life where the hustle and the grind of building and growing mm -hmm. a business becomes so intense and if things go sideways the relationship chaos just explodes and my wife looked at me and that's where the phrase came from she mm -hmm. said why don't you just fucking be the man mm -hmm. and you didn't know what it means to be the man <laughs> i had no idea you hear it you i mean i've heard people yeah. say this like my whole be like, the man be yeah. the man or it means you, you man. don't need to cry you are not allowed yeah. to cry not even possible yeah like it wasn't even something i even like it wasn't even something i was willing to even mm -hmm. consider mm -hmm was any side of emotion. So I had no idea what Be The Man was. So Be The Man is, mm -hmm. the book is the entry point to the definition of what the Wake Up Warrior movement has mm -hmm. defined as what it is to be a man today. But it starts with the first piece, which is in order to uncover what it is to be a man, mm -hmm. the first thing we have to start experiencing is what it is to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that, it's easier to get someone to consider that stop lying is the prerequisite to being able to actually tell the truth. It's an awareness that you're mm -hmm. even, even fucking bullshitting mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. And I had never considered that. I'd never, I mean, I had never considered that that was like, what was my challenge? Like that that was what my problem was, that there was an actual problem that I was a liar. Mm -hmm. So I kept searching. How did you realize that you are a liar? <laughs> As I searched to find answers, like when things are going well, when business is going well, when life is going well, we don't ask the same questions as when things Absolutely. are going south. So when something's going south, you start to ask better questions. It's like people don't tend to pontificate on the purpose of life until they arrive at one mm -hmm, of two mm -hmm. locations in my experience. One, complete destitution. They're going to die. They have nothing. Mm -hmm. Business is falling apart. This is one place. The second place is, is when they've gotten all of their financial needs have been met at such a high level. Mm -hmm. Sexually, they're being satisfied. Financially, they're satisfied. And then in that place, they're still hollow and they're going... What about now? This was literally the conversation I was on with one of my clients mm -hmm. just a couple hours ago mm -hmm. on the sell and merger and acquisition of one of his companies. They have opportunity to go one path, another one has opportunity to go another path. The distinction and difference between the two is $75 million. One requires certain terms, one requires other terms. And amidst all of it, I just asked one simple question. I said, dude, what is it that you actually want? Hmm. And he said, have you ever experienced, so do you think there's much difference between a man with 100 million and 150 million? I said, no. Zero. At a certain point, the only thing that changes are labels on your clothing, zip codes of your home and the number of zip codes you mm -hmm. have homes. And maybe you have a boat, you have a yacht, but at the end of the day, who fucking cares? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you're still going to be with yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you were a liar at the bottom, you will be alone and a liar at the top. And so I just recognized that I had been building businesses with a drive to make money mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
But inside of that lied, lied about what I wanted truly, lied about where I'd been, lied about where I was. And most of that lying was not telling you. I wasn't telling mm -hmm. you things. I wasn't falsely leading you to believe things. I was withholding. I just wasn't saying. I wasn't telling my wife what I was mm -hmm. feeling. That led me to cheat. Why did I cheat? I cheated because I couldn't even have a real fucking conversation with my wife. I couldn't tell her what I was actually feeling. Mm -hmm. So it seemed in my mind, being a liar, that it made sense to disconnect emotionally mm -hmm. from my wife and go emotionally connect with other women, which then led to physical intimacy, to go that direction then to actually have the courage to just look at my wife and say, here's what I'm feeling and here's where I'm at. Like, this is mm -hmm. what I'm fucking going through right now. And I, instead, it was. <laughs> and then it was, what the fuck? And I would freak out. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, you. Yeah. And, ah, and you don't even know the stress I'm going through. Fuck you. And then it was, fuck. Then it was. Drinking. Alcohol, smoking. To try to deal with the guilt mm -hmm. and the shame from being this fucking lunatic. And so I started searching it. And I, I was sitting in this like super alone place with a woman that doesn't want me, a family I'm gonna lose for the second time. Second divorce I was heading mm. into. Money's gone. You find out real quick, employees only stick around if there's a check. Client's gone, relationships burned, and I'm alone, it's just me. And I started running ultra marathons at the time. And I had read Compensating. This, compensating for it. And what I didn't recognize too was it was a good it was perfect for me because mm -hmm. I would run so hard and so far, ten miles, fifteen miles, twenty miles in training runs, middle of the night, training myself to stay awake mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. the night, running and training to do these races. But there was this stillness that came into my world. But you were so successful in 2007, yeah. 2006. Yeah. You had like 100 employees. Yeah. If somebody is looking from the outside, he could say like, this guy, that's it. I want to become like him. Yeah. Most guys that are in that place, they don't even want to be themselves. So what did you do wrong? We will talk about what did you yeah. do to get back on track where you are now. But what did you do wrong to get into this place I tried, I, I tried to or be... Or what you didn't do. I tried to be what you wanted me to be. Or mm -hmm. the worst part, what I thought you wanted me to be. So mm -hmm. I would look at outside. Mm -hmm. And then in that place, I would try to uncover what I figured to be what you wanted me to be. Religiously, I had all these questions growing up. Mm -hmm. I didn't mm -hmm. even know if I believed what my parents believed. I was raised Mormon. And I was like, I don't even know if I believe this. So, But I would put on the good Mormon... Christian boy mm -hmm. face, and then I had the football, American football face. I was something different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I was never actually clear about who I was. So when I got into business, I just mimicked and modeled what my mentors and guys who I thought mm -hmm. had it all or had success, I did what they did. I wore suits the way they do, wore suits. I talked the way they talked. Mm -hmm. I did things the way they did it. And so I was always uncomfortable at some level inside. I was uncomfortable mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. the fact that 
I don't know if this is, I can't be all of me with you. Because if you knew this other part of part. me, <laughs> you would never do business with me. If my wife knew what I was saying over here, she would leave me for sure. If my employee, I was constantly trapped mm -hmm. as a businessman in this place of not being able to be me. So I became a story, mm -hmm. a fiction to everyone. And in that I became a liar to myself. So what did you do? in this New Year's Eve in 2007 to turn your life around? 2007 into 2008 was, yeah. the, was the big shift of losing everything. By spring of 2008, we moved into a rental house that my in-laws had. They had a friend who was willing to give us a rental. We were short selling and or foreclosing on property all over the place. Um, and my wife was tolerating me because we had money. Mm. But the minute there was no money, my wife tolerated zero. And she's like, you are fucking worthless. You not only ignored me for seven years, you not only made love to your businesses and forgot I existed and that our children were here. You, you not only ignored us, but now you have nothing. And all these people that you gave all this time and energy and attention to, where are they? They're all gone too. So guess what, asshole? You're alone with me and I don't even want you. So I'm sitting there in this place in 2008 just going, shit. I kept going down, down, down. It's like one time I did this, I like ate too much edible marijuana with some friends. It was just a few, like six, seven years ago. It was a horrible experience. And they said you were supposed to eat this little tiny bit and I ate like a whole like chunk like this which was for like six people, not one person. <laughs> so then I ate it and I was like, no problem. And like it kept, the floor kept dropping out and I was melting into the bed and I was disappearing into the gates of hell. Like that sinking feeling when you eat too much edible marijuana, <laughs> like that, that, that. That's what I felt like emotionally all the time. I was scared. I was scared of men. I was scared of powerful businessmen. I was scared I couldn't hang out with them because I felt so fucking unworthy. Mm -hmm to be me anymore. And I had no idea who I was. So I'm sitting in this place and the only thing I have available to me is I begin for the very first time asking better questions. The first question I asked is, who am I? This sounds cliche as shit yeah, because everybody I? starts every personal development book in the but world with, who am I? I don't know. I'm searching the universe for the answer. <laughs> I found a guru in India. Yeah, yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah. enlightened. But I, I really didn't know. And that's when I had to start getting rid of things. Mm -hmm. I walked away from the religion I was raised in a decade ago. I walked away from the relationships and from the friendships. And I walked away because I recognized the only way I could find an answer to that was to get rid of all the labels that I had allowed to identify mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. And I stripped myself down to simply... I don't know. And inside of I don't know, I found an answer that seemed to me to make sense. I had studied with the Shia monks. I had studied, like I studied with so many people during 2008, 9, 10, 11, just deep inside this game of what the fuck? Like I can't keep living like this. I have to wake up and mm -hmm. be like able to just look at myself and be like, yes. 
I'm cool with me. You might not be cool with me, but I'm okay with that because mm -hmm. I'm cool with me, but I was not cool with me. And most people that, that you will hear, powerful guys, you'll meet them, they say they're cool with themselves. Mm -hmm. Like I expose the fuck out of wealthy men all the time. Mm -hmm. The warrior lifestyle and the have it all lifestyle and body being balanced in business, living core four and stacking every day and learning how to get to the truth. When you live from this place of integrity, you see right through bullshit arse. Most yeah. speakers full of shit. Most trainers full of shit. Most coaches full of shit. Most businessmen full of shit. Right? They, they're very good at one thing. You peel one layer back, you got a dude whose life is in shambles, falling apart, pretending that everything's good. My neighbor's in my neighborhood. The house is inside my neighborhood, anywhere between 10 to $35 million. Everyone in that neighborhood, there's a common thread by 80% of those families. Second, third, or fourth marriage. Hmm. Addiction problems. But on the outside, you look in a neighborhood and you're like, Bentleys, Ferraris, Lambos, Lifestyle, yeah, Instagram, OC Housewives, blah, 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 all this, blah. And then the truth behind all of it is most people's lives are in a complete and utter fucking chaotic drift. <laughs> and I, I got tired of it. I can't do this anymore. And so I quit. You I quit being only, you. I quit being me that I had told everyone. And I realized I didn't have any money. I had no, I had no relationships, no networks. I had nothing. So I was like, okay, Ooh. the only thing I do have, the truth. Okay. And the cost of having the truth is a stop line. Okay. But see, I was such, I was so addicted to the stories that I even named my first, my, for one of my companies coming out of this, I named it the Authentic Entrepreneur uh -huh. LLC. Like that business I still have, which runs one of my companies that owns a bunch of other ones, but the, I, I changed the domain because it was very difficult to type. So I was like, oh, theauthenticentrepreneur.com. Okay. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I couldn't even spell it right half the time. But this led me to a reminder. Mm -hmm. My job every day is not to be perfect. Mm -hmm. My job is to live in the deepest truth of who I am, irregardless of who supports me. And I will never be bought again which means I will build businesses mm -hmm. and I began down a path of rebuilding companies in my world with a fuck you attitude, but mostly a fuck you attitude to my past self, not to mm -hmm. other people. People think I'm like, fuck you to them. I'm not fuck you to you. Although I do tell a lot of people to fuck off. What I do tell the person to fuck off the most is me mm -hmm. and my bullshit and my stories and my tendencies to want to hide and now I'm so addicted to being just here's what it is that it leads me to have a desire to tell the truth at such a deep level that it actually intimidates the shit out of most people I'm the guy at a cocktail party when people are like so who are you I was like well my name's Gary J. White I've been married for 15 years about seven years into my marriage my wife and I went into the dark mm -hmm. place I cheated on my wife well, I got the drug problems <laughs> drinking problems stop yeah, and people are, dudes are sitting there with a beer and they're like, <laughs> they're not used to, they're like, what to the hear this. I just thought you were going to talk to me about what you do for business. And I was like, no, actually, I just want you to know where I'm at and where I come from. I'm not actually interested in many friends. I don't need friends. I'm very busy with business, but it's cool that our wives hang out. And right now, I'd love to just be here and connect with you tonight. But understand, I'm not a perfect person. I don't pretend to be. And I don't like bullshit surface level conversation. So if that's what you're after and you like golf, I fucking hate golf. And um, 
We cannot talk about anything if you don't want They're to. They're not used to this yeah. kind of conversations. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's not even, that's like no bullshit. And it's not because I'm a dick. It's because I've just recognized that in my world, the only way that I can live the have-it-all lifestyle that we teach at Wake Up Warrior is to eliminate the bullshit. There's not enough space in life for the bullshit. No. And every day I find new bullshit inside myself. I'm like, oh my God, this morning I'm like finding more bullshit. I'm like, it never ends. Do you want to become extremely confident in a short period of time? Download my free ebook, Warrior Mindset, at www.warriorfamily.com and learn the best mental hacks and strategies to build your confidence. So, how does it feel to hear all the truth from your wife? Very difficult. Right. Maybe there are some people outside that their businesses are falling apart, their marriages are falling apart. Yes. What advice would you give them? Because people, you know, what the men do? Oh, what dude. do we do when we get into this shit place? Well, first off, most men will never choose to go there unless there's some severe drama or trauma. Mm -hmm. If there's something really intense that's happened, some men will choose it. Most men don't choose this until things are falling apart. It's like somebody who doesn't choose to do anything about their health until the doctor says you're going to die. Most men won't do anything hardcore about their marriage until their wife files mm -hmm. divorce paperwork. Most people don't do shit about their business until their imminent failure and bankruptcy is mm -hmm. upon them. So human nature is to not do shit until it's catastrophic. Um, that was me. Then I got to a place where I was like, okay, well, how do I, how do I change that? And it started with the first person they've got to confront is themselves. Mm -hmm. All right, this is the entire model of Wake Up Warrior is the ability for a man to be in an environment where he can be honest and confront himself. And even inside of your situation, I mean, you've got massive followings and big influence, a successful businessman from a different country, and you came all the way to the United States, put yourself into a pod, got to just be a man, just a guy again. Mm -hmm. You're like, here I am in my truth, and I get to just be okay at another level with myself. And that you don't have to be broken to want that. Like mm -hmm. the only way to get more is to be honest with you. So I watch men try to get their wives to get on board with things. They're like, well, you know, if, if my wife would just, you know, <laughs> my wife, and if my kids would just, you know, and if my executives would just, well, I'm like, asshole, you're the one that dictates the level of truth and transparency mm -hmm. in all your relationships, which means. If you are a bullshit artist, do not expect to deal with the bullshit in your marriage. So I had to come to terms with I was not qualified to work on my marriage because I was barely qualified to work on myself. That's, That's it. I was like, <laughs> I can't tell my wife what to do or think because I can barely tell myself what to do and think right now. And kids, shit. So in that stage, the first one is to get radically honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like get radically honest with yourself about three things. Number one. Where are you at right now? Mm -hmm. And I don't know why this is so difficult for so many people. but It's, it's not easy difficult. to look the truth in the eyes. Yeah. So that's the first piece. Second piece is, where do you, where do you really want to go? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm amazed at how many men lie about this. They, they won't be honest about where they really want to be. They've gotten so much momentum in one direction in a business, but they don't even want to be in the industry anymore. They can't even say it. They can't even tell anyone. Can't even, or they have tons of success, but they can't even admit that it's like so underwhelmingly fulfilling. They're so underwhelmed and depressed most days, but they can't tell everyone because everyone around them is like, oh my God, if I could just have your yeah. life. Oh my God, you're amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Like, and so all the praise and the feedback comes back to 
your life is perfect. So then they put themselves into the box. Mm -hmm. Literally conversation I had yesterday with a one-on-one client. I'm sitting there talking to me. He's like, you know, it's just everybody's always like, these guys are guys that are doing tens of millions cash profit every quarter personally. And they're making huge money and they're fucking trapped. And why they're trapped? Because everybody expects them to just mm -hmm. be on point all the time. the time. No mistakes for you. No mistakes for you. I expect you always to be on point. But the minute that you're not yes. on point or the minute that you don't want to be the motivating guy, the day I don't want to give a fuck about anybody, which is every day for about three or four hours. <laughs> Where everybody's like, dude, are you so, do you love your life? Is that, I do. I love my life for about six, seven hours a day. I love what I do. The other part of the day is another part of the day where like, I fucking hate doing what I do. All the tension and all the pressure and all the threats and people pour paint on my fucking cars, jack our shit, steal stuff, threaten to kill me, threaten to rape my wife. Like we get blasted with shit all the time. So people are like, oh, isn't it great to be you? It's like you assume that somehow... You're not going to go through bullshit. But the bullshit that we face every day that's far worse than any persecution from anyone outside is the bullshit we give mm -hmm. ourselves. When I recognized this, like my life started to work. The second thing that opened up to me was that I had to identify why my life even existed. Like, hmm. It wasn't enough to make money anymore. Like, people ask my time, like, well, dude, you should be, you want to come in on this deal with me? Dude, we can make a quick $5 million on this and this and this. I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck. I can promise you right now, I drive a car, I drive a Lamborghini Ventador every day if I want. I have a sick-ass G-Wagon I love, big fucking lift. I drive that every day I want. Bentleys, drive those every day I want. I can go wherever the fuck I want to do. And you know what I think I love doing every day more than anything? is my $500 surfboard. And surfing every morning. I love, this shit... Like when you start to recognize the purpose of why mm -hmm. life is for you, it makes it very easy to decide what you will and will not do. Mm -hmm. And for me, the purpose of my life is very simple. It is to expand. It is to grow. It is to become. Mm -hmm. That also eliminated for me in the middle of my deepest pit the idea that I had to be perfect. And my story of my perfection to so many people I had to be perfect religiously. I had to be perfect as a father. I had to be perfect as a husband. And in that, I had to be perfect sexually. I had to be perfect emotionally. I had to be perfect in my communication skills. I couldn't blow up, couldn't get angry. Business. I had to be perfect at leading my teams and making sure our money was on point and our marketing and our sales and payroll. And then I had to be perfect in my physical form and be shredded and on point and when all I really wanted <laughs> perfect, to Perfect, perfect, perfect. Everywhere. And it was killing me. And then I came to this understanding that who I am is a story that's constantly changing. Like who you are today and who you define yourself today is very different, different. than who you were 10 years ago. You mentioned you surf in the morning. Yeah. How do you actually structure your day? You are very busy probably. Yes. You find time for your wife, for your kids. Yes. What do you do in the morning? When do you go to bed, when you wake up? I go to bed 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Okay. I wake up at 5 o'clock every morning. Every morning. Every morning. 
So 5 a.m. alarm goes off and I get up. I walk for 45 minutes outside, mm -hmm. no matter where I'm at. No matter what country, no matter what city, I go outside, I walk by myself in the dark. Typically I wake up, it's dark. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's not dark at 5 in the morning, 5.15, it's starting to get a little light, but most of the time it's dark. I walk outside in the dark, I have headphones in, I listen to somebody, somebody, like lots of great people, mm -hmm. listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks for 35 to 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. I take notes on it, I then sit down and I do a stack. Okay. And the stack is, a, is my way of purging my brain. You learned all about the stack. Yeah. I lived all that stack. I live the stack every day. And I stack. I stack shit that furiates me. I stack shit that makes me angry. I stack shit that makes me happy. And I stack. Then I go pick my daughter up. I mm -hmm. make sure my daughter's ready to go. I take my daughter to school. I come back, kiss my wife, hug my other daughter. My wife takes my other daughter to school. I go to the hot tub, 10 minutes, stretch, meditate. Then I put my wetsuit on, grab my board, run to the water. I surf for an hour to hour and 15 minutes every morning by myself, sometimes with friends, sometimes by myself. Like, just sometimes people just come and go, guys I know that are out there, and most times just by myself mm -hmm. surfing. Then I come back from surfing, I drink a green smoothie. I do a couple podcasts from my phone real quick in the kitchen, mm -hmm. drink my green smoothie, take my supplements, go upstairs, take a shower. I get dressed in my same clothes I wear every single day. Different clothes, but same clothes. I wear a black warrior polo. Black Lululemon pants, my Vans tennis shoes. I put my hair in the same way. I wear the same ring. I put the same watch on. I don't fucking try to get confusing or complicated yeah. with it. I wear this to go on date nights and outfits like this for interviews. Outside of that, I'm in a black polo with black pants and black shoes fucking almost every single day of the year. Then I come from that place. I'll then handle a few phone calls in the morning, just simple calls. And then my day starts at 10 o'clock every day. Uh -huh. I do not schedule meetings before 10. You do not get to be on my calendar before 10 o'clock. No one gets to own my time. If I do anything before 10 o'clock, because I chose to, not because I had a scheduled meeting. Mm -hmm. So my day starts at 10, 10 every morning, and I work till 7. 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. So I work from 10 to 7, Monday through, Monday through Friday, with exception of two days. Wednesday night is date night with my wife every week. We go to dinner, short dinner. Every week, no matter what. Last night, we went, got face painted for Halloween pictures with my wife. We went to dinner, we go, she connects with me, I connect with her, we talk, we communicate. It's a shorter date, we're usually done about 8.30 or about 9 o'clock, 9.15 at night. We come home right in time to put the kids to bed. Saturday nights, we go out, again, but it's mm -hmm. a later night, we usually go out to about midnight where I take her to go do something fun. Me and my daughters both go on a date every week, wow. so where it's just me and my daughters, one-on-one, -on -one, where I take my daughters and we go do something, and me and my son go do something once every couple weeks, he moved out, lives in his own place mm -hmm. now. So there's a routine to my life, but there's a routine to my mornings. If you master mm -hmm. the morning conversation through core four and the stack, if these two things are taken care of, core four weaponizes you and the stack transforms you. Yep. And that's my morning. Like That's my morning every single morning. So guys will come to me and they're like, oh, I can't, I don't have enough time or blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you don't have enough time because you don't weaponize yourself in the morning. You wake up late or you're one-dimensional where you work out and then you go straight into your action. And that used to be me. Mm -hmm. I'd work out, I'd go straight to the office. Work out, shower, go straight to the office. And okay. would miss my kids, miss my wife in the morning, everything. Great strategy. Yeah. So when you come to the office, you work from the office or from the home? Uh, so I don't work from my house. I have a okay, couple okay. different offices. So yeah. yeah, so I got offices down in Laguna. 
We've got offices in Dana. We've got offices in Mission Viejo, San Clemente. So I've got different offices okay. where my teams are at. And I have a little spot in each mm -hmm. one. But then I have my own kind of like place where nobody gets mm -hmm. to come to. Mm -hmm. Um, which is another office that I have in a hidden secret location. And in that, that office is where I go do most of my creative work. It's where I handle a lot of like really difficult shit that needs to be done. I, my executives are on one offices. Um, our training teams are in other offices. My support teams are in other artists' offices, my salons. Mm -hmm. like Just the way we do everything is separated, not in one location. Mm -hmm. um, and every day is a little bit different. So I do a ton of training, just like we're doing right now. So I train you know, about six to eight hours, ten hours a week, mm -hmm. live stream. Uh, to our student base in multiple different industries with stuff we're doing with Warrior and outside of Wake Up Warrior too. But my weekly schedule is a, a little more flex, but the general mm -hmm. schedule is 5 to 10 is okay. me time. 10 to 7 is work time. 7 to 10.30 is family mm -hmm. time. And that's Monday through Friday. And Saturday night is date night. I still go 5 to 10 on Saturday and Sunday morning, mm -hmm. just still my time. Oh. Not my wife, not my kids, me. Just me. And guys will get into the Sunday morning, Saturday morning guilty mm -hmm. game. We just figured out over time, I'm a complete asshole. Like, I'm a complete psychotic asshole um, if I don't manage me in the morning. And so I do. And so I manage myself in the morning on that. And then from 10 o'clock until date night on Saturdays at 530, mm -hmm. it's me and my kids. All day, me and the family time, doing whatever. I'm fully focused, no cell phone, nothing, just all in our family. Sundays, same situation after 10 o'clock. I'm all in all day with the family, with whatever they want to do, mm -hmm. pour all in, all in. What are some of the most productive tasks uh, that you work on during the day? You are very creative. You create content like crazy. Yeah. Um, I think that the most powerful thing that, that exists inside of what we do and create is frameworks. Mm -hmm. So like I'm ruthlessly, I'm ruthlessly committed to building frameworks, structures around thought. So whether you take structures around execution to do something or you're taking structure around um, getting other people to do things or about getting an entire organization to move forward to do mm -hmm. things. Everything for me is about doing shit. Some people are like, oh, it's all about being. I was like, I agree with you. That's what I do from 5 to 10. I put myself into the highest state of being that I possibly can so that when I deploy, mm -hmm. there's, it's, there's no fucking argument. It's like game over, right? Game over, right? What One of the... Inside the day then, then my whole goal is to be able to not only build but execute on the frameworks that we built through the weekend. Mm -hmm. So my morning time on Saturday and Sunday is about building the frameworks of execution for what I'm going to do during the week. I call them war maps. These war maps are what I'm literally going to war for this week in business and in life. But I'm building them as like CEO of all my companies. I'm building these war maps for executing from this general's tent position for all my teams too. So I'm saying here in the marketing areas, this is what must be deployed this week. Mm -hmm. Bam, bam, bam. Mm -hmm. Hand the war maps off. Inside of our customer service teams, bam, bam, bam. So I'll hand off these frameworks. Framework, all it is, is a line of thought logically from here to here. We're going to do one, two, three, four, and we're going to arrive here. Here's why we're going to do it. How we're going to do it, you're going to figure that out. But here's what we're going to do. Here's why we're going to do it. Here's who's going to do it. Here's the framework that we're going to follow, the benchmarks along the way. Here's what this would, over here, this is what success would look like if we finished it. Here's the war map. Off you go. Uh -huh. So I spend a lot of my time building frameworks so that my teams can execute quickly and efficiently on the vision of the companies and the vision of the organizations. How many meetings you have per week with your team? I meet with, uh, so I have a meeting with my core executive team once a week. And then I do, uh, I do anywhere between 8 to 10 
walk and talk meetings with key individuals on my team throughout the week. So, and those will be an hour to hour and a half. And walk and talk mm -hmm. is literally walk and talk. Walk and talk. Like I don't do, we do only a couple meetings sitting. Most of my meetings are done where we're walking and I'm asking questions. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, tell me about this, tell me about this, tell me about this. And they're walking and they're sharing with me and we're walking sometimes like four miles, five miles. We're walking, walking, walking. And we're talking, we're drinking water and Gatorade, and we're talking, and we're walking, and then by the time we're done, we have clarity on some shit that either was a problem that we need to execute on or a possibility that we're going to execute on. And it helps connect us, too. So my teams are very connected. My teams, like, bleed for the cause of what we do, and they love it. And so my core teams, as the teams have gotten bigger, that's tougher for me to be able to do. Uh, but that's how we started it. And um, then my teams are doing the same thing with their teams now. How do you put under the control your Colby 10. Yeah, I'm a quick start. Yeah, I'm 10 too. Yeah. I can drive my people crazy. Yes. With this creativity and all the <laughs> ideas. <laughs> so how do you put yourself under the... <laughs> so two things. Control. One, I've just, I've had to gain like, no, like self-control at a very fucking high level by being able to get clear on, does this thing actually get me what I want? Uh, that's one piece. The second piece is there's actually a tool by a guy by the name of Dan Sullivan, and part of Strategic yeah, Coach, yeah. and he used a tool too, called yeah. Impact Filter. Yeah, yeah. So we're fucking crazy with Impact Filters oh, really? too. Yeah. So that tool from Dan, and then also just the framework conversation, and then me being able to exhaust my creative energy across multiple domains and companies mm -hmm. every day allows me to get rid of all the creative energy and not feel like I'm unproductive while at the same time not overwhelming all my teams. So I may only meet with one of my companies of the seven like one time during the week. You have seven companies? Yeah. What are different businesses? That yeah, all of them in different businesses, yeah. yeah. They're different some industries? Of them are four, like half are in one industry and the other half are in the other industry. So mm -hmm. we have companies in financial services and insurance which I just acquired and moved into that category again. And like then we have, yeah, exactly. Now we're, now we're like way behind you. Yeah. So we're in that category. And then we have my salon businesses. Yeah. And then we have our hairline companies. And then we have our training companies inside of the hair business. So that all that space that's happening. And those are two different industries. Then we come over to the warrior side. And then inside warrior, we have our event events. Mm -hmm. We have our virtual company. And then we have our actual customized one-on-one, like all of my high-level company uh, training. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes of Warrior that nobody ever sees mm -hmm. with versus what we just share. I mean, people see Be The yeah, Man, and man. they're like, oh, Be The Man, Warrior Book, they That's see it, this, yeah. and most people have no clue that I'm actually up to anything else besides just some lunatic who yells online and has pretty pictures with his wife. Uh, behind the scenes with Warrior, Warrior is a multifaceted uh, organization with different leadership teams for each category of what works like with stuff you've come through with warrior week and kingdom is only one aspect uh -huh. of warrior and then we have two three thousand guys a month that come into another aspect of warrior and these are all run as independent companies with their own leadership teams their mm -hmm. own marketing agendas their own sales systems everything we actually built it that way for a lot of different reasons one was tax the other one was uh, just simplicity so that each company had to be its own brand and had to fill and fuel itself and not uh not demand and require so it gets tough because we have like teams inside of each of these that need time and attention how do you attract all these leaders that are running your different businesses and branches most of my key guys came like owned businesses sold businesses yeah. came here or left very high paying jobs 
I know. inside of as executives and other companies. To what come is in it for them? Great question. Two things. Two things. One, a sense of purpose that never ends. Hmm. Like, never ends. You know, we just we sent out interviews for our opportunity to be a trainer inside of our hair game. And overwhelming response from artists inside of our community. So we promote from in our communities. Mm -hmm. So everyone that works on my team outside of the first, last like probably four or five team members that come in came in from internally inside Wake Up Warrior. Inside the hair game, most of our teams have risen through the Big Money Stylist program. So it's an advantage because I'm not trying to go outside and then convince people of the culture, the vision, wow. and the values of what we do. They were students and or consumers of the products. They live the products. They bleed the product. They bleed the system. They bleed the science. They live the game, whether it was in hair, whether it's in insurance and financial services, or whether it's inside of the training game inside of Wake Up Warrior, or whether it's in our business consulting companies or our corporate consulting teams. People that are in it, live it before mm -hmm. they ever tried to lead it. So it makes it easy. I don't just like put up a job application and be like, hey, okay. come work here. Okay. Most people get burned up makes inside our culture because it's just so direct. Like it's just direct. Like we had a collision this morning with one of my team members and I stacked him. I just have a collision every day. I stacked him and then I posted the stack for the entire company to see. And the first line was, Gus is a fucking idiot that has no idea what the fuck he's doing with our online systems. That was exact. That was my story in my mind this morning about Gus, which turned into Gus knows what he's doing, but needs more training and more attention from me, hmm. which led to an amazing conversation we'll actually have after we get done with this interview. So for me, like our culture works because our culture is led with vicious intensity to the facts and to the truth, and people have permission to collide here, mm -hmm. as long as. You're accountable. There's no one side of blame. So if you're going to headbutt me, you also get to talk to me about how you fucked it up. Which means in my world, I get to headbutt the shit out of Gus, but the only reason I get to headbutt the shit out of Gus is because I also get to recognize, damn it, I kind of left him on an island on that deal. With no guidance, no training, no GPS system, so it's kind of no wonder he crashed the ship into the wall. I had been to the rocks. I probably could help out a little bit more there. So how do you manage all the egos that you have around you? You know, you have these great guys. They are all successful, maybe on their level or in yeah. their business. They sold the business. They came yes. to work with you. And, you know, it's not easy to manage a guy that is probably at the same level that you are. Now, I have, I have a unique set of skills in who I am as a person, but I also have a, an interesting position because I was a mentor to a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So I met these guys when things were not great. And I got to watch them rise from, from, things, from a life that was very, very good to a life that was elite. And watch them build themselves out of big holes and emotionally dysfunctional situations. So there's a loyalty factor to me and a loyalty factor for me to them that gives us the ability to transcend a lot of the bullshit. The stack as a tool and core four as a weapon in the morning. Also, I mean, this is just stuff that most companies do not have. They just do not have. Right now is the first time we're moving into corporate America and bringing these tools in 
to use in like mm -hmm. major corporations with their entire executive teams because most people can't communicate and because they can't communicate real well and they lie in their communication, they withhold in their communication, they don't tell the whole truth or they're scared to fucking tell the truth. I was just interviewing some of my artists at her, one of her events right before this interview. I was interviewing some down at, at the Serpent's Hand Hotel here in Laguna. And I gave all 25 an opportunity to share into a recorded device on my cell phone, the voice note, what's the one thing they wish would change about the company. And half those girls were like scared to tell me to tell. the truth. And, and they would say, and I'm like, oh my God. And they're crying. And they're like, I didn't want to say it because I was worried like, you know, I'd be fired or this. I was like, the only time I'm going to be pissed off is if you lie to me or talk shit. Talking shit is not being responsible. Lying to me is not being responsible. Telling me what you're feeling, what you're thinking, it doesn't matter whether I like it or not. I'm more interested in the facts about what's happening. I'm interested in what the truth is about what you feel, not the bullshit you think you have to tell me. Because if you give me the bullshit of what you think you need to tell me, then I end up in a relationship with you mm -hmm. that is driven by fantasy. And now we're trying to build a company and build empires and build movements that matter, that impact tens of millions of people's lives, that ultimately save marriages, take people from suicide and do all of this amazing shit. And we can't do this in the hair industry, interestingly enough. We're right now, we're partnering, we've become one of the largest training companies in the hair game and we'll take over in the next 24 months. Sold out events for almost two years. Thousands of artists at price points that's never been done before. And people are like, how are you pulling this up? You're not even a hairstylist. It's like, I sleep with a hairstylist. She's my wife. <laughs> I make babies with one. And I came into that culture. But what unifies everybody is the ability to tell the truth. So my teams come to a place where they can work and they can grow and they can experience the fullness of who they are. Mm -hmm. Here, we don't want you to be something you're not. But we're not going to also let you stay where you are. Which means you can be all you want to be. But if but. you're the same fucker a year from now that you are today, I will kick your ass out of here. Which means you're going to have to be more three months from now than you are right now. So right now, I love you and I appreciate you. And you're amazing here and you're a total dipshit over here. And I appreciate that because I'm amazing here and I'm a dipshit too. But if you're the same dipshit three months from now and you aren't less dipshit and more brilliant, we're going to have a problem. I don't need you to be perfect, but I demand that you grow. I demand that you become. I fucking demand that you rise. What you produced three months ago, I don't give a fuck. What are you doing today? So our culture, hmm. we push our teams and the weak drop. The strong rise. And everyone inside of our culture, both student base, as well as our trainers, as well as our teams and executives and our video crews and our marketing teams and our tech teams and our programmers, everybody lives under the same bubble of the truth, which is stop fucking lying. Tell the truth. truth. And from that place, we can actually build a future on the facts. What we can't build a future on is your fiction. What we can't build a future on is your fantasies. So don't tell me what you want if you're going to keep lying to me. This is a very direct communication, yeah. and most people are afraid. Terrified. So let's look at somebody that wants to implement the warrior doctrine in their company. Yeah. I tried at the beginning. There very was difficult. a huge very war. Very difficult, yes. Okay. Do you have trouble reaching your goals? I have a surprise for you. 
Download my free ebook goal setting for warriors at www.warriorfamily.com and you will know how to set, plan and reach even your biggest goals. So how can somebody smoothly yeah. <laughs> or it's like overnight? Yeah, so I'll give you an example. Well, my salons mm -hmm. and the 350 artists that I'm responsible for, okay? So we took the warrior's way to the hair industry, but I brought it there two years ago we started inserting The same it. principles that you teach the men? Yes. You teach the woman? Yes. But in two years, we're finally getting some traction with the fundamental mindsets and implementation on a daily basis. Because you have, forget, like, you know, you came to Worry Week. So when a man comes to Worry Week, he's saying, listen, I'm not interested in this kind of working out. Like, I'm 100% committed to this <laughs> shit, working out. So here's my money. Now beat the fuck out of me and make sure that I get this. And we're like, okay. And in you go. Well, most people, including my wife. My wife was not all about that. We went to Date with Destiny with Tony Robbins in 2016, December, in Florida. First time my wife's gone to an event outside of a hair show with me live. She went to two. Another one was like this book game called Life Book back in 2008 <laughs> yeah, yeah. with John Butcher John, yeah, in yeah. Chicago. So we went to that. She thought it was horrible. She left halfway through and went shopping. I loved it. I thought it changed my life. Yeah. But she, on the other hand, thought it was bullshit. We went to David Destiny. First time my wife's ever gone to an event with me. She loved it. She was still only there like half the time every day. She's like, I can't go with Tony until 4 in the morning. It's just too much. I'm like losing my mind right now. She's like, is it literally 11 o'clock and Tony's just coming on? I was like, yes, I'm staying. You go. And she's like, okay. But that was it. So I've been married to this woman 15 years. At that time, I'm married to this woman 13 years. She's around me all the time. And my wife today finally is speaking triggers and drifts, core four, stacking, like the, the, the dark and the light, live in your truth, stop fucking lying. So most of us are trying to take these concepts and go force them into our companies. Mm -hmm. The executive teams I work with right now with some of my clients, we just have to slowly go in. Mm -hmm. And the first place that we have to start is building a culture where the truth can exist. Mm -hmm. No tools, no, no core four, no challenge-based lifestyle, nothing. It's just a culture where the truth can exist. Because if you and I are business partners, but, I, but you can't tell me the truth because every time you tell me the truth, I freak out. Yeah. I yell at you. Well, you're trained very quickly, even if we're partners too, this asshole can't handle the truth. So I'm not going to tell him the whole truth. I'm going to share just part of the truth with him and then I'm going to handle some stuff when he's not around. And most men have built lives insulated from the truth. They've insulated themselves from the facts. Ruthlessly insulated themselves. They're like, well, my wife, I love doing this with clients. Like, I get a chance with my one-on-one -on -one clients to go out, well, fly out to their home, hang out with them for a day, also get to hang out with their wife. So I'll ask him when we first start working together. I'm like, okay, so scale of one to ten. Where do you think your marriage is? Ten being like extraordinary, impossible to get better. One, it Disaster. is, I can't believe I'm not getting divorced already. Like this shitty as shit. Guys on average will say six to seven, six to seven. The women I meet who are married to these men on average say two. So 
The only thing you can do again is first live it by yourself and show everybody that you're living it that way. So when my team started to see that that's the only way I live, that I will collide with you and I will love you. I will call you out when you were fucking up and I'll also celebrate you when you're doing great. But I'm going to give it to you across the board. Like when you're doing well, great. When you're not doing well, you will know. When you're doing well, you're going to know. If you fuck some shit up, I will let you know immediately. I will not hide it from you. I will not wait till Tuesday meeting. I will literally hunt you down. I will come to your house at night. I will knock on your door. I will call you at 5.15 in the morning. You and I will have a talk. We will heat it out. I'll throw some shit. And at the same time, you're never going to have somebody going to have your back more passionately, which means I fucking got you. So inside of my culture, my teams know the truth is what I stand for. And that took a while for them to trust mm-hmm. that they could be honest too. And so stage one, before trying to implement anything, is a culture where actual honest dialogue occurs. This, does, this is not the case. 90% of the companies you walk into, this is not what's happening. People are lying all over the place, lying to each other, jockeying for power positions, saying what they need to say to like jerk somebody off and get to the top. They're like, they're like totally, they're saying and being what they think they should say and be in order to experience success. Here in our culture, we're saying no. We're saying, listen, what is successful here and the standard here is vulnerability and honesty. Mm. If you're willing to be vulnerable, we respect that. If you're willing to be honest, we respect that. In our culture, if you're icebox and you're never emotional, everybody will start beating you down. Like you will get you will get blasted by everyone on the team over and over and over again. We're like, dude, we appreciate your like icebox you got going on. Mm. But if you don't start fucking showing up for real, like you're gonna find yourself right off this team. Because the more you act like an asshole who's a cinder block that doesn't talk, the more we don't trust you. We don't have a problem with your darkness. We don't have a problem with your addictions. We don't have a problem with your fears. We don't have a problem with your worries. We don't have a problem with the crazy shit that goes on inside your head. What we do have a problem with is with you pretending like you don't have that. Like that is the part that I don't trust. That's why I don't trust the picture-perfect Instagram game. Everybody's taking all their bullshit pictures. (laughs) And I'm around a ton of those women in particular with my wife. It is complete bullshit complete bullshit and the worst part is the younger generation believes that those people they're watching and following on pictures that that yeah. just were walking down the street and oh let me take this picture wrong they took that picture 75 fucking Thanks. times filtered <laughs> it nine times and spent two hours getting the right shot to post with the perfect cute headline and put it's all bullshit and so even yeah. when people have an opportunity that's why live stream video works so well because you can't bullshit. But no. now even on live stream, you can filter shit now. I'm like, <laughs> even the stuff that was live, now they're figuring out a way to make sure it's plastic. Garrett, what is the real reason that businesses and marriages fall apart? I, I would say marriages and... Divorce rate is... Yeah, I think divorce rate falls uh, apart because of respect. Um, I thought it was because of love or sex or money. Um, and I think a lot of people look at that or they fall apart because of like, money issues, which they say number one reason for divorce is money. Number two reason for divorce is sex. Money and sex, I believe, are the byproduct of respect, mm. which is most marriages don't work because men and women in a relationship don't respect each other. They don't respect who they are as people individually. They don't respect the role that person plays in their life. A businessman doesn't respect the fact of being a full-time mom that's a shitload of work. And the reality is that that businessman could not do what his wife is doing. He'd lose his mind and throw his children off a balcony. Literally. He'd rather go deal with 300 crazy people at the office than deal with three kids under the age mm-hmm. of 12 who were terrorists. Right? And then you have women that don't respect the pressure 
the men are under, the fire and the war that exists, and that a woman feels like she never gets a break because mm -hmm. she's with the kids or she's running a business and she's with the kids and all the mom guilt and the shame, and then he comes home and he's like, dude, I've been fucking grinding all day. I just want a break. I just want a break. And she's like, what do you think I want? I've been dealing with these goddamn terrorist children that you impregnated me with. And I've been dealing with these kids all day. And you know, your sister, your daughter's been doing this. And your son's been doing this. And I've had to clean this shit up. And the dog shit on the carpet. And I've been dealing with this all day long. My hair's still in a fucking ponytail. And I haven't even gone to the gym yet. And you asshole, you left this morning. And you took off. And I handled this shit all day long. And then you come home. And you want, you want a blowjob right now? No, you're not getting a blowjob right now. You're going to get a punch in the fucking dick is what you're going to get. Because I don't want to do this shit right now. I'm sick and tired of this. I'm losing my mind. So women are popping pills more than they ever popped them before. Divorce rate is rampant because women are like, I can't handle this shit anymore. Big businessmen losing 70% of what they built in wealth. Why? Because their wives are like, listen, asshole, I backed you up for 20 years. And then you're going to go chase down some 28-year-old pussy? And you're going to leave me? You're going to go chase. You're going to go chase some shit down and leave me? Fair enough. And I'm going to take you for everything that you made because you couldn't add shit without me. Then you have men with sitting in the same situation, women sitting in the same situation, women looking at their husbands not understanding. My wife did not understand. She tried to understand. I was like, babe, I love you, but you have no idea what I face every day. Like you're asking me to be present right now at home, and I'm literally in my mind trying to figure out how we don't lose $1.2 million in the next three fucking days and how I don't have to lay off 37 <laughs> people. And I'm trying to figure out the lives of these people are on my head. So I'm trying my fucking best to be present right now with you. I'm trying. I am fucking trying. But you know what? Unless I have three shots right now, Grey Goose on the rocks, I got no fucking chance of being able to hear a goddamn word you're saying because the back of my mind is doing this, doing this. <laughs> and she's like... You're a horrible husband. And he's like, God, I must be a horrible husband. Kids want to play, and he's sitting on the phone trying to ignore the text message that just came in from his attorneys because of a fucking major lawsuit they're in or an audit from the IRS, and sitting there trying to be like, Pray. yeah, sweetheart, let's read, uh, let's read Sammy, <laughs> Sammy the So Socks again tonight. That sounds like a good idea. What advice would you give to some couples that are in the business, like you and your wife? Yeah. So are together hard. in the so business. So hard, yes. So, so what, hard. Respect what advice again. would you would you give to corporateers? Um, <laughs> corporateers, I like that. Coupleneers. Yeah. So, number one, you have to go on date nights. Like, if you don't go on date nights, you're done. Done. And number but two, but not overnight. I know some guys not, that came not. to me. They said, "Hey, my wife left overnight." Yeah, that never happens. Wife never leaves overnight, right? It's like it's like, like she was packing the luggage like yeah. maybe fifteen she, years. <laughs> She'd been packing the luggage ten years ago. But that's why guys like I get I get a call about every two weeks from one of our guys like my wife just filed divorce paperwork. I'm like, are you surprised? Tears, sobbing, crying. I just can't believe this. I was like, stop bullshitting, man. Are you really surprised? Don't, don't fucking bullshit me. You can go hire yourself some like rub oil on yourself, personal development pussy coach. You're with me right now. I'm talking real time to you as your friend, as your mentor. Are you fucking really surprised? No. Was your marriage working? No. Was it working for her? No. Was it working for you? No. Then guess who has more courage than you do? She does. At least she's calling a spade a spade and telling the truth. She's acknowledging that what you guys are doesn't work. And it's not changing. So guess what? Good for her. 
Now you guys yeah. get to have a new conversation. Does that mean you have to go through the divorce? No. But she's declaring with paperwork saying, what is is not working. So couples that work together mm -hmm. face a Bermuda Triangle of hell and heaven. It's insanity. And my wife and I, it took us, we almost got divorced six or seven times within about a four-year time period. And our fights went from fights over sex to fights over kids. We finally got those two in check. And then they were just war over companies. Mm. Because she's the brand and the celebrity in the hair world. And I'm the brand and the celebrity in the warrior world. And she's got all these opinions about my shit. And I got all these opinions about okay. her shit. And we're cross, I'm way heavily invested in her companies. She doesn't really know what's going on in mine. So as I come over into that world, it was a game of submission. And we were talking about this last night, and I, me and my wife. The only way that two powerful people can stay together in relationship and build powerful things is they must both respect each other so much, more than love. They must respect this person enough to submit. Mm. Powerful men do not want to be submitted. That's why they chase tail that doesn't ever require them to submit to anything. It's why they chase, like, it's insane to watch. You're like, insane. Out in New York and Wall Street, and I'm watching all these guys, and they are chasing all this young girl stuff. And I'm like, I get it, I get it. Because these women will not fight you, give you feedback. They will not say, call you on your shit. They don't even know your shit. You're just a fantasy to them you are a sugar daddy with some cash but in marriage your wife knows you shit you fart you stink you're lazy at times you're happy at times you drink too much you're bullshit artist you lie and she knows the whole fucking story that's why i laugh when like i think about well you know this woman i like she and my wife was like oh, yeah, mm -hmm. she knew me she didn't know shit she knew what she knew this piece of me that i displayed my wife knew everything and trying to, so I was not only facing being a partner with my wife, mm -hmm. but I was facing the, the burning to the ground of trust that I had violated with money and I had violated in our bond and marriage. Now take those situations and now put them together with both of us in power. When my wife started making more money than I used to make in the past, she would make, she makes more money, multiple companies. Multiple companies under her tutelage right now that before even the second quarter this year were breaking multiple seven figures. And this woman does not need, people think, oh, you buy her Louis Vuitton shoes for her. I was like, you think what? You think I need, my wife doesn't need my money. She likes it when I use my car. It makes her feel nice. At the end of the day, she wants those fucking shoes. She's buying the shoes. She doesn't need my money. She doesn't need my time. She doesn't need my penis. She doesn't need shit from me. My wife chooses me. The greatest thing that happened in our marriage was me and my wife coming to a realization that we had eliminated neediness. Mm. And inside of wanting to be together, respect gives us each permission to submit. Does that mean we don't go to war? Of course not. We go to war three, four times a week. My wife's up on the balcony, butt-ass naked, screaming at me, you dumb motherfucker, fuck you. <laughs> and I'm down there. My nanny walks in. I was like, you need to go outside. I like five minutes. She comes back in. I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You're out of your goddamn mind, woman. She's like, no, I'm tired of this shit. Fuck you. And I'm like, oh, my God. She disappears. I open the door. 
I'm like, Tori, come in. <laughs> Tori's like, is it okay? I was like, get what you need, grab the dry cleaning and just go. It'll be fine. She's like, okay. And then we went to lunch later in the day. We sat and talked and huge changes happened. And this happens to us once, twice a week, like this, sometimes three. Huge collisions and people are like, oh my God. Because yeah. there's couples where like my grandparents back in the day, they would always brag, we're a couple that's never, we've been married for 47 <laughs> years and we've never once had a fight. <laughs> and my mom would like elbow me and she'd be like, I'm gonna tell you right now, your grandparents are full of shit. <laughs> I was like, let me tell you why. Your grandmother's a doormat who never disagrees with anything her husband says. And her husband is a tyrant. And I'm like, and that was the old game. Like, part of being a man is being able to handle all of who your woman is. Not just the, not just porn that's star stuff. Not just the one that's in bed with you having sex, you know, flipping it, rubbing it, having a game. Like, great, great sex night with your wife, beautiful. I love it. We all want that moment, but that is a speck on the radar of what is marriage and life. So if you don't actually respect that person, there is no orgasm that will save you. So for men starting down this path, this is why Be the Man the Book and Wake Up Warrior and Warrior Week and everything was mm -hmm. built was because I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to go. Like what? I'm waiting for you to build an event in Europe I will go to because I had nowhere, even to this day, I had, I, there's no, I can go to my own events. Like, I love going to a Tony event. Problem is, 70% of that room is women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like going to, like, training events, but 70% of the room are women. Yeah. Why? Because women are searching for change, yeah. and men are like, eh. Why is that? I think we've been trained not to look for it. Like, as guys, we've literally like, been trained not to look for it, particularly businessmen. Partic if you start making any, men any money, you, you stop. You don't go to personal development seminar. You don't no, go to Tony Robbins. No, you don't go to shit. You don't go anything. Why? Because you feel like, well, I got it. And it's almost like the only reason, my wife would never go to marriage therapy with me and she would never go to sex therapy with me because in her mind to go meant I was broken. In mm -hmm. her mind, she's like, if I admit and go to this, then I am broken. I don't go to this because then I'm broken. But the exact opposite is true. Once we got to therapy, she was like, oh my God, this is really good. I was like, I don't know, right? She's like, yeah. We both sit there, mm -hmm. I yell at the therapist, therapist mm -hmm. talks to you, you yell at the therapist, therapist talks to me, I yell at the therapist, therapist talks to you, you yell at the therapist, talks back to me, and occasionally we go, <laughs> you shitting me? Okay, and then we go back to the therapist, oh yeah, well how about this? Are you shitting me? And back to the therapist we go, well, most businessmen do not have this sounding board. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they think, if I go to an event that is about uncovering truth in me, mm -hmm. if I train with you, if I go to your events, if I, whoever it is, if I, do, if I go to Warrior, if I even read this book or even consider, there is if something. I read this, oh, I don't want to admit I'm a, a liar, I, I so I'm not man. reading this, I'm not, this I don't book, fucking yeah. lie, I'm already the man. I mean, who wants to be the guy sitting on the plane that's like, <laughs> yeah, be, be the, the man. man. Look at hey this guys, pussy. check out how big my cock is, I'm learning how to be the man. Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody, like guys have been taught to ignore all this shit, but the good news is this. The good news is, is that most men's lives are becoming so unworkable, so painful, and so dysfunctional, they're finally hitting their knees yeah. and saying, 
Okay. And there's enough men like you and me who are standing up and saying, listen, you could be a real man. You could be a man's man. You don't have to, you don't have to wrap your head in, in a special cloth. You don't have to like walk around and carry some beads and do some special chanting. You don't have to rub a certain oil on you to be spiritual. Guess what? You can love UFC. You can love to fight other people, drink beer, hang out, build business, talk about sex, want sex, want to have porn star sex with your wife, admit it. Hell, you might even look at porn, admit that too. And every guy has. And you're like, okay, you could be all those things. And at the same time, you can be sensitive. You can be connected. You can listen spiritually to a voice inside of you. You can love your children. You can passionately listen to your wife. And you can do all this. And the gateway to this is one simple game. It's not a marketing strategy. It's not a grind strategy. It's not a 10x strategy. Like You learn all these things from Grant, everybody else, which you do amazing shit. Warrior literally has sat down into the following position. We're the conversation you should have had before you went to everything else. Wake Up Warrior is the place that if you started here, everything else makes sense. But you can go study business strategy. You can go study marriage. You can study all this shit. But at the end of the day, if you're a man who is still terrified of himself and cannot stand man to man with another man and be all of you and at the same time understand how to uncover and live inside your truth and get rid of the fucking lies, it doesn't matter. There is no business strategy that will save you. You will burn shit to the ground, even if it's just the feeling of being alone and hollow inside. It's strange because when people come into the warrior, they want to learn about business strategy first. And then you start to talk about body, being, uh, balance. Uh-huh. Does this affect the business side yeah. also? Big time. So right now, I, like, uh, I, have, I have a CEO that I coach, we're one-on-one. And we sat down and we did an assessment of all this world. Mm-hmm. And he said, we've got to make this deal work. We make this deal work. It's worth X dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars to us. Um, this has to happen by February. He said, I'm bringing you on as an insurance policy. I said, fair enough. He's like, we're going to get there, but I want to ensure that we get there. And I know I have a tendency to fuck things up. And my marriage is in chaos. And that appears to be the mm-hmm. one place where we'd be in trouble. So we actually came on, we got, and you would think coming into these conversations, particularly when you're investing quarter million to half a million dollars of work with me, and you're sitting in that place that you're sitting where you're like, give me some tactical business shit. Yeah. And I do an assessment, I look at it and I said, well, from what I can tell, the biggest risk to this entire business, this entire business deal going down is you blowing the fuck up with your marriage right now, you packing up and moving out, your wife coming after you legally, keeping your children from you, and your entire personal life going to a shit show, ending you up in strip clubs and drinking, you are in a place of the highest fucking risk at the highest level. You're not at risk for some mm-hmm. corporate invasion. You're not at risk for some, some stock owner's takeover. You're not at risk for your board members. You're at risk for the fact that the pressure's on you every single day. Everyone's looking to you for the answers. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking to you for the heat. And when you leave the war called your business every day, you go home to war number two. And that means you're a king that's always at war. And there's never a time for peace. And there's never a time for recovery. And there's never a time. So I'll tell you the economic cost of staying in chaos mm-hmm. there. 
And so we, we've measured this. Like I saw it in my world. People, why go on date nights? Why are you so passionate about it? If I do not have sex with my wife one to two times a week, I lose money because my mind begins to wander mm. and I begin to think fantasy sexually. When I'm getting laid one to two times a week and it's good sex connect with my wife. Profits I, go up. <laughs> because where's my focus? Bam! Build some yeah. shit. Yeah. Not thinking about some could have be, would have be, but it be, 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 be. Guys look at her like, no, that can't be true. I was like, listen, you start having good sex with your wife and you two get on the same fucking page, all the energy you're losing and the sexual frustration mm -hmm. and your irritation, your anger about it goes away, which means it opens space up. Kids, guilt and shame. Fathers go through this like crazy, particularly yeah. businessmen at work a lot. Their kids are growing up without them. Their kids are growing up, but they don't know their kids. Their kids stop giving a shit when they walk in the house. They're more interested in YouTube on their cell phone. And the guilt and the shame for a man of being like, God, I just fucking missed another soccer game. I just missed another party. I just missed my daughter's homecoming game because I'm in this meeting. Fuck. And yep. there's this shame that comes as a father, which is typically masked with sedation, typically masked with all kinds of tips and types of it. So when you eliminate the disconnection with your wife and you add connection, mm -hmm. When you eliminate the disconnection and shame and guilt with your children and you add connection, you add just that one piece and you have a man. People talk about 10x growth strategies. They talk about 3xing and 2xing and accelerating. The fast acceleration in a man's business life is being in harmony with the queen mm. and being on point with his children. You, put a, you show me a man who is to put two men together in business. Put them at the same place, same revenue, same cash, same, same, you put them in the same place with skill set. You put them side by side and you take one at home who's in chaos and you take one at home who walks through the door and the energy is and the king sits on the couch and his child sits on his lap and she pulls out a book and his wife's legs are across his. And she looks down the couch and she gives him that flirty, I love you, I choose you, I respect you, you are the fucking king. Hmm. That man in that moment then putting his children to bed and then having passionate, like you just met, sex with your wife. And then laying down, your wife falls asleep, you set your alarm on your phone, you put your phone down. You review what has to be done tomorrow. You put your hand over on the back of your wife who's now asleep, and in my case, you hear the ocean crashing, and you recognize, I've fucking built this life. Mm. I'm fucking bulletproof. You can shoot me, but you can't kill me, because there is nothing you can expose me about that I have not already put on YouTube. Hmm. There's nothing in my strategies and my teams that has me hiding shit from anyone. You cannot take me out physically spiritually or in my relationships and those three areas take out more businesses and affect more revenue than any driving decision that's made in business because these three close the space of certainty in a man's ability to make fucking decisions mm -hmm. close those up weaponize the body connect him spiritually put him in alignment with his wife and children now send that same man into a business meeting I come from morning sex with my wife, 
connected with a mirror in the background, beautiful shot, permanent content in my mind, having dropped my kids off at school, surfed for an hour and connected with the universe inside of that, meditated for 20 minutes, drank my green smoothie, weaponized myself with core four, hit my stack and dealt with my irritating shit. I walk into a meeting, you better fucking hope it's not with me. <laughs> yes. Because your goddamn coffee from Starbucks is not going to be enough. I'm going to go. Yes. And you're going to fall over. And this is what Warrior stands for. And this is what you stand for. is what I stand for. It's what all of us stand for. One day we are going to die. That's for sure. For sure. Who was Garrett? That's a great question. That's a great question. One day we're all going to die. Well, I'll tell you what. If that happened this year, next year, two years, five years, or 40 years from now. Or... 50. Well, 50 years or 15 minutes. I would hope that I would be remembered as a man who was committed to fucking punt the planet. Like, what I do in business matters. It's built as a brand around Warrior because mm -hmm. it was never meant to be Garrett's show. This is a movement that will have many faces. Many men like you, many men like me, all unified around a belief system, all unified around building and broadcasting a world that works, led by businessmen who care, that changes the future for our children and changes the future of the way we play. And while there's raising, rising chaos in the world all around us, there are men rising, beacons, who are unafraid of the dark, who are unafraid of the night, and know how to turn on the light. And this is who I am. To this end was I born. For this purpose does warrior exist. Beyond me is the legacy. Mm. And you, my brother, are very much deeply part of that. And so it's an honor to be here with you and to have you part of this, to call you my brother. And to know that on the other side of the planet, there are millions of people whose lives are being changed and awakened to the possibility as men and as families to life beyond anything they ever imagined possible. Thank I, you. I have last question. Yeah. Just pretend that you only have five seconds to live what would be the last message you would send to your kids something that they would remember till the rest of their lives that would stick with them same thing I always tell them I love you no matter what thank you very much Garrett I love you too no I matter you, what brother. And we love you too, no matter what. So go out and change the world. Become the man you are destined to become. Follow uh, Garrett. Follow Warrior Wake Up Warrior Movement. Watch the Warrior Family Show. And I will see you soon. Bye. Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, 
visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my ebooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing, and sales strategies, confidence boosters, and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smilion Mori, YouTube and Facebook, Smilion Mori, Warrior Family, Twitter, Smilian Mori, and LinkedIn, Smilian Mori.